0: America my name is I'm Yosef Fempong. I'm coming to you today to talk about how America is a center right nation and that's not good for black people and if you if you don't think America is a center right nation then you don't really know America it's a center right nation and you know the center you know america is a center-right nation because the people on the far right actually have content to their politics whereas the liberals and even a lot of the leftists they have vacuous content the far right you got desantis out there and ted cruz those guys are like this is what should be in our schools this is why it should be in our schools this is the content of our education is the content of our culture the liberals are like well i don't know maybe science will help us i I don't they don't they don't actually have a political program that goes all the way down to the culture And what's it going to what does a non center right nation look like? What does a non center right nation look like in the US? Well, a non center right nation in the US looks like an honest conversation about there are some rights that actually need to challenge antecedent property rights. Because look, if there's going to be justice in the United States, if we're gonna have a democratic institutions, some people who have stuff that they think is theirs, and they feel entitled to be theirs, they're gonna have to take a haircut they're going to have to realize that democracy matters more than their antecedent property rights, especially a lot of white people who got their property rights by ways of terrorism. We still got like a like a quarter of the wealth in the United States, a quarter of the people in the United States can trace their wealth back to the homestead acts where we just kind of like gave white people land and then loans for the land and then like so um, yeah, there was an article. I want to say a quarter of the people, a quarter of the white people in the United States can trace their wealth, their family wealth back to the Homestead Acts, right? So antecedent property rights are going to have to be massaged for the sake of democratic principles, right? That doesn't mean that property rights need to go away if we're going to be less than a center-right nation. It means that we need to have the public conversation about that. there are rights that are more important than property rights, insofar as you need some sort of equality in terms of property rights of uh and claims to external stuff and goods and services and time and resources in order to have a political democracy that's why you can't have a democracy where one class of people owns things and the other class of people are sharecroppers right you need a sort of distribution of property that actually um, supports democracy right and black people we're going to be renting for the the next few generations if there isn't some sort of distribution that happens about looking at some of these antecedent property rights and taxing the heck out of some of this inherited property of the whites right so and then like also looking at reparations to secure black people assets right so there are economic conditions to political democracy and unless you're willing to have that conversation then um like there's not going to be a a, a real left politics right and so with a center-right culture your churches are center-right they're not telling you that we need to look at property rights and say that like property rights are important and they are very important but they're not more important than the conditions of democracy and what like how do we make sure that everybody has the economic conditions in order to participate in a you know democratic society right so um Yeah, and same with family rights, right? So what what would it look like to actually support families, every family, every family, not just allow them to get an abortion when they can't afford to have a kid, but actually support the realization of parenthood as a matter of right you know the blessings of liberty that i talked about in our our declaration of independence are supposed to involve all forms of liberty which means like you know the, the special quality of freedom you can only have in a family in intimate relationships or in immediate relationships where you and the other person are one person you know one flesh right so if you don't have the resources to get married or to have children that is a problem for your freedom that's the equivalent of not having the resources to vote Right, so every time we hear someone who says like, well, I would get married, but I don't have the money in this economy to do it, or I would have a family, but I don't have the money to have to raise kids in this economy, we need to think of that as hearing someone say, well, I would vote, but I don't have money to pay the poll tax. Right, Not not, so like these forms of freedom need to be just as important as property rights. And we need to start actually having them negate antecedent property rights because there is no and i when i talk about reparations i'm pretty honest with there is no way that black people are free and the american south has the same distribution of property like we're gonna have to take some of their stuff some of the stuff they think that is theirs we're gonna have to take some of the white stuff um and some of the contracts that have been in their family since their grandparent like you know secured the contract at a clan meeting back in the 50s we're gonna have to take that contract speaking of contracts you know i'm going to talk about the chips act after the opening i'm going to hit the beat peace Me, never change the ways for the world or the government. If it was the president, then I would take back. You leave it up to me. I paint the White House black and it picture in your So the CHIPS Act is uh an act that hit Congress, that, that passed the Senate yesterday, and it's it's going to be about 54. 54- billion dollars in grants to $54 billion, you know, a billion dollars here, billion dollars here in grants, direct grants to spur American manufacturing, in terms of computers. Um, I heard Paul Pelosi made a a huge bet on uh, NVIDIA. And uh paul pelosi's nancy pelosi's husband so i followed paul pelosi and made a little bit of money on nvidia <laughs> because that's black life but just kind of like we have to be like parasites upon the sharks and then i took my money out because like you know sharks do sometimes notice their parasites so um so the Chips Act is going to be what, a 54, fifty-two to fifty-four billion dollars in grants, direct grants to companies that uh, are supposed to spur American manufacturing of semiconductors and computer parts and stuff like that. And how much of that money is going to go to black people? How many black people work for Nvidia? How many black people work for Intel? How many black people are going to see that fifty-four billion dollars? That was just a gimme for the government. Decide, like the government decides the shape of our economy and decided that like it's not interested in making sure that black people get a part of the productive infrastructure for um, um, uh, you know, tech, right? So, you know, that money might trickle down to like a black guy or woman who owns a maintenance, company how many black businesses are going to get that chips money um who owns a sanitation company who might get a a a, a contract with one of the the real manufacturers to clean up the office suites maybe maybe that's the that's the closest black people are going to get to that that 54 billion dollars and that's an entire problem right? Because that's a problem for our democracy, because that just actually uses antecedent like structural monopolies. And you know, we're structurally locked out. So even if it's not a monopoly among the whites, it's functionally a monopoly into like, with respect to black people being able to enter the market. Um we're, we're locked out because those jobs are all going to go to cousins and, 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 and people who know each other through, you know, golfing bunnies, buddies and tennis buddies, and, or, you know, people who went to school with one another and all that stuff and none of that money is going to go to black people so like that becomes a problem for if you if you're serious about democracy right so we had the government a democratically elected government pass a bill that might be good for the american economy like gdp wise but you know when white people get a lot of money they tend to use that money to reinforce the racial hierarchy Right? So it's not particularly good for democracy to for the government to just hand out money to white people. And a few like people with H, uh, um, H, H1B visas, um, who are in the industry. Right? So we need to think about what that means, and how we need to be honest about if we're going to be anything other than a center right nation, we need to talk about the importance of breaking up the stranglehold that non-black people have on property and these industries and say that that's a problem for democracy. That's a problem for democracy. Look, and this isn't necessarily anti-capitalism. It's just, if we're serious about black people actually participating in capitalism, we need to have the conversation about how we are, you know, 14% of the nation or 12 12 to 14% of the nation and like zero or like 0001 percent of that CHIPS contract money right so like that's not that's not anti-capitalist saying that that's saying that capitalism is actually not is predatory upon black people and like i said when you give non-black people a lot of money they tend to use that money to lock black people further out right so it's not like a rising tide lifts all ship no rising tide lifts their super yacht to come and ram our ship (laughs) Right? So we need to talk about the democratic conditions that allow capitalism to also be black. Right? So this isn't necessarily anti capitalism, it is talking about you need capitalism that's subordinate to the political conditions of democracy. Because if you're so if you're economically subordinate, you can't be politically equal. Um, if you're economically vulnerable, if we're a nation of, if black people as a nation are a nation of renters, and white people as a nation are a nation of owners, then we're not politically equal. Because at any point in time, like, you know, and Southern states don't have rent control, people could just sneeze and up your rent um, if they think you're getting too uppity. You know, right now the U.S. is trying to control our spending, consumer spending, and get inflation down by raising the interest rates. What if the whites decide that black people have too much disposable power and income, and do that and 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 try to get our political power and our just like discretionary income by just raising our rents? What are we gonna say? We'll be like the sharecroppers. We are functionally sharecroppers. Like if. If you're renting in these unregulated markets, you're your functional sharecropper, and you, you know, the story with the sharecroppers is at the end of the year, somehow they did not make enough money. Somehow they did not, the crops, like always came in below what they owed. That's going to be renting in the United States, if black people get power. If if, if the whites get nervous, they'll just say like, Alright, well, just raise the rent so that they, they don't have the money to organize, because you make no mistake, you do need money to organize. You need space and money to organize institutions take capital when a capitalist economy that means if black people are going to be socially and politically autonomous they need diffuse autonomous capital now we need we need to be able to and not just debt right because wherever two or three black people come together there seems to be a lot of you know, jesus and debt and so that's, that's a problem with white or, the, the, the characteristic difference between white organizations and black organizations, right? So white organizations can pull resources, black organizations get together and find out, would well, you believe everyone's in debt? And what does that mean? Or, you know, their liabilities. They're un, the only reason you're not in debt is because you don't answer your phone from like your family um, who needs money from you, <laughs> right? So uh, in order to, uh, in order to make the U.S. not a center-right nation, because we are a center-right nation, we need to stop fetishizing property rights as the only kind of right. We need to stop fetishizing property rights as the only kind of right. It is one of a myriad ways of expressing freedom. So we need to respect property, but we also need to understand that antecedent property rights can't overwhelm and negate other rights claims. Right. So for like I said, if we're going to do Reparations in the South, that means Ted Turner's gonna to have to give up some of his cut. He's the biggest landowner in Georgia. He, like there is no Georgia that's made whole where Ted Turner uh keeps all of his land. Georgia's a third black. <laughs> um and so as long as we fetishize property rights and antecedent kind of contract contracts. Like this contract's been this government contract or this private contract's been in my family for three generations. no if we're going if we're serious about democracy, that contract needs to get broken up and distributed to people so that they have the independence to fight you politically and socially or to contest with you uh, politically and socially. right? And if we're not having that conversation, um then we're just a center right nation that's just trying to conserve the antecedent structures that have kept black people being poor forever. Right. So and you know that we're a center right nation because liberals and even the left isn't really contesting the cultural aspects. They're not contesting the uh they're not like culture makes the nation. Right? So if you have a center right church that thinks that like, well, the government doesn't owe you um freedom, you can just get you can if you're in a down if you're downtrodden, you should be able to just ask your church mates or go to a charity. That's center right. That's center right obama going to flint and telling everyone to like have a fundraiser and pass the hat to get lead out of the water that's center-right politics that's center-right politics that's not I'm, all right so we need to call the uh, army corps of engineer and make this a national priority and rip out these pipes that are poisoning these kids and uh you know let's let's do it let's go right, that would have been actually understanding that you know, the government's is supposed to secure rights. And not just in the leaded water that needs to be ripped out isn't just in Flint. it's all over there's a, everywhere there's a, con, a zip code with a congregation of black people um, check the pipes and check the water. Because when like we we don't spend infrastructure money securing the like the livelihoods of stigmatized communities. Right. And that's a problem. That's a problem. And like I said, we have a center right culture, because like churches aren't calling that like an abomination and a sin, which is, it, it is, it is right. And so if we think that we can privatize some of these government responsibilities, you're just part of a center right culture. If the right wing wants to put their content into your schools, and liberals in the left doesn't have anything to say about it, except like, well, I don't know, I guess, Ooh, I don't want to take them off, then you that's functionally a center, right culture. And, you know, I was saying this about Joe Rogan, who I don't hate, I think Joe Rogan's America. Um, He's actually like, you know, he's got some non obvious virtues. And he's also all he needs is one little push to be a full blown fascist, like he would be he would be. Um, with the right push, he would be a complete fascist, because there's no there is no um, there is no counterbalance, right? So right now, he, like I said, he's an he's an American, and by the way, people ask what's a fascist, a fascist is someone who just thinks that the government should back private power, <laughs> who's fine with the government bracking corporate power, um, and not uh, against democracy. Right. So if you're good with the corporate takeover of government power, the corporate owner or uh, owning a police um, and, or the police functionally doing what uh, the corporate corporate oligarchy wants, then like you're, you're a fascist. And that's never going to end good for um, uh, for black people because we don't have that kind of those kind of property rights. So the 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 people who own things will then use the state power to kind of mop up any of your you know counter-fascist movements and the opposite of that is democratic principles that understand that there are conditions for us that need to obtain for us to actually work out our public problems as a people right and the police should secure those conditions of democracy not the conditions of corporate profit so um so yeah america is like very close to just being openly fascist insofar as there is no counter discourse that says actually we need democratic institutions which is one reason why we've ultimately lost we both won and lost the cold war we lost the cold war because when russia became more like the united states they just became like (laughs) you know more of a fascist capitalist society (laughs) <laughs> all right so at the end of the cold war russia became we didn't we we exported a market economy without exporting democratic institutions because we don't really have democratic institutions and the south never actually has had democratic institutions i was reading a, a great book by uh Eihorn. um uh, yeah she just goes on to like the south was always an aristocracy it was always an aristocracy and it would never wanted to not be an aristocracy it just wanted an aristocracy with property rights when property was was, like included black people right so we exported a market economy we exported a market economy to russia without exporting democratic principles and depending on who you talk to we kind of did the same with with china and which is why the both you know russia right now and the ccp china are both more american than america is because they are just more nakedly uh yeah they just one nakedly capitalist without um without a chaser <laughs> right without any illusion of democratic institutions we have the illusion of democratic institutions we don't have real democratic institutions which is why you know we can't fight against a lot of this takeover and we have a culture that supports our our, our quasi-democracy we have a culture that says that we have a culture that says you can be free and broke at the same time You can be free and broke at the same time. You can be free and jobless at the same time. You can be free and uh, at the, at like not be able to control your rent at the same time. As long as you think that you can both be free and at the discretion of your landlord and you have your livelihood at the discretion of your landlord or your one single boss, then you have a very kind of vacuous understanding of freedom, right? So this is why we need to talk about things like federal job guarantees. So that if you're if you tick off your boss by being loud one day, you have a guaranteed job because there are economic conditions to political freedom. So even if you are a bad worker, we will find a job for you. Um because for the same reason, even if you're a bad voter, we find a vote for you. You can you can you can vote, right? Because there are economic conditions to democracy and we need to be serious about actually articulating those economic economic conditions for democracy. And without that, we'll just kind of fall into a kind of a parochial center right culture, which is very comfortable with keeping black people destitute or degraded and vulnerable for generations to come. By the way, if you appreciate anything I'm doing or saying, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com kick in 515 or $50 a month, and I'll keep doing it. Yeah. All right. Take care. I will see you next week.